0: Welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. Because Today, happy Father's Day, everyone. And um, you uh, it's funny, I, I normally get three cards in uh, in our house. There's one from Penny, which is nice, then one from the girls and the dog, and then one from Ben and the dog, right? And so <laughs> I get more from the dog on Father's Day, ironically, given my... But it's, you never have to really figure out who's written what card, because I did laugh to myself this morning. The three cards are sitting there. Pennies is my darling husband or something. Probably just Andrew, right? <clears throat> then there's daddy, which obviously the girls. And that's one fatso. <laughs> I was like, I love having a son with a cheeky wee scamp. And I opened it up. Happy birth, or Happy Father's Day, Fatso, from Ben and the Dog. <laughs> this is like, kids are hilarious, aren't they? You like, as my dad said about, it, I should have got rid of you before I got fond of you. You know what I mean? Now what you said to me all those years ago, Dad, it does, <laughs> it does make me laugh. <laughs> Funny. So, um. I do because it is Father's Day. I do want to talk about fathers, but if you're not a father or you're not a mother or you're, you're a mother or not a mother, or if you're, you know, there's something in this for you because we're going to talk not so much about earthly dads, but we're going to talk about our Heavenly Father this morning. So I would really encourage you to have an open heart. I've got hay fever, that's why I sound a bit, uh, and so if you're, what's wrong with him? He sounds like very short, short of breath. I'm not, I've just got hay fever. And so, it, so, you're so going to look at your Bibles today, and I want you to really open your heart, because every time we open the Word, there is grace for us. And whatever your situation is today, no matter where you are or what is going on with you, you're only ever going to find an answer in Jesus. And you're going to find an answer in Jesus because it's something that you have to work for or work harder for. The Lord says to you, as you sit, see where you're sitting this morning, come and receive, okay? And if your heart's open, you'll always come to the Lord and walk away with something, okay? He always blesses. He always shows favor on. And I want to say this morning, if you're in Christ, if you're in a relationship with Jesus, if you've given yourself to him, given your heart to him, then he is well pleased with you right now. Do you get that? He loves you. He speaks over you right now. You are totally acceptable to me in every way. Religion will judge you by what you do. The Lord looks at you and goes, as Jesus is, so are you. And he's not displeased with his son today. He's not angry with his son or disappointed with his son. He's not going, Jesus, for flip's sake, what are you thinking? You know. He loves his son perfectly, and he loves you in exactly the same way. No difference. Isn't that good? So relax and enjoy, because this whole thing of father's interest, and there's a, isn't it, does anyone ever listen to what's going on in the world and go, this is way more bonkers than what I ever thought it would be? Yeah? Or is that just me? Of course it's not, right? You, you look around and stuff because the, the, the whole notion of fatherhood is even under attack today. In fact, most um, sex-based roles, to put it that way, are under attack and under threat. There's a real push against them. And whenever we talk about fatherhood, all right, I want to say that fatherhood is a sex-based role given by God reflecting who God is for us today on the earth, all right? And when I say male, like, a, like males, I mean, or men, every time I say men, I mean an adult human male, all right? Just like a woman is an adult human female, a man is an adult human male, and we are distinct, and we are given roles by God. Not one in competition with the other, but one to complement the other, okay? And if you ever doubt that, come and live in our house for about 24 hours, and you will say, it's like like a Swiss clock, our house, you know what I mean? (laughs) Penny and I just kind of dovetailing on all the things that she tells me I have to do, right? (laughs) You know, it's like, I wear the trousers in our house, men, right? Penny just tells me which ones to put on, right? (laughs) Boom, boom, all those jokes, right? You get it? But what I wanna say is, let's not be churlish about this. Men and women are different, they're distinct. And when I talk about fatherhood, it is a God-given role for men, adult human males. Now, if if you're not a father in the natural sense, then what you're gonna find out this morning is God speaks to you in the same way that he speaks to natural fathers. Because there is a role given by God, which actually every man has to play. And my goodness, if the world needs it today, The world needs it more than ever, doesn't it? In fact, I actually started to read about this. And the last thing I want to say is if you feel like, uh, I know Adam ministered into a wee bit, if you feel like in your life you have been a dad and made a bit of a mess of it at times, you know what, there's grace for you today. You know, grace is bigger than any single one of your mistakes. You can trust your kids with God because he loves them. And God is, don't don't think, we went to see uh, the Jesus Revolution movie this week. We were, we were invited because we're, I don't know, we're pastors. We get invited to nothing, so I was like really surprised. I thought they must have invited other people, and they must have not turned up, so they asked Penny and I to go. And so it was quite good fun. So we, but it was absolutely brilliant. It comes out this Friday in cinemas. Go and see it, all right? It's only on for five days, and they need as many people to go. Apart from anything else, it is, it's just a flipping great movie, all right? But it, there's this point where the pastor, you know, is uh, Kelsey Grammer you know, from Frasier, I'm a huge Fraser fan, so I've, I was expecting Niles and Daphne to come into the movie at some point, you know what I mean? Uh, that's a Fraser reference. And, uh, but what happens is there's this one point where he, that the pastor's going, I've made such an absolute mess of this. And, and his wife, as wives tend to do, just looks at him and goes, honestly, do, do you think that your mess is like going to derail what God is doing? Like seriously, you're not that important, right?" Wise up. And I want to say that to Dad, say, and I include myself in that. There's always times we've got it wrong. There's always times we've, we, we can look back with a sense of regret and go, if, you know, but the Lord says, don't worry about that. Bring it to me. I love your kids more than you love them. My grace is always working in their lives. And I'm going to show you this from Exodus this morning, all right? It is always my purpose, always my purpose to, with my children to see them arrive in the place that I created for them. So see what your kids just, leave them in the hands of the Lord. And trust him today because he's good all the time. And your dysfunction will not derail the purpose of God for your kids' lives. Amen? Amen? So just give it to him. So I actually started to read this week because I went to that bastion of Christian theology, USA Today, right? Because I was thinking, like, that's a newspaper, if those of you don't know. And I thought, is it, does Father's Day even matter anyway? Should I just not have kept going on Noah? this week, like I started last week. And it actually really is very interesting because here's the thing, like like God's, God's really smart with this stuff. And we, we need to capture something about what fatherhood really means because it's more than just a few good stories coming from your old dad, notable quips and a few hard-earned lessons, you know what I mean? Um, actually, there's science to this and it proves it, an incredible value on fathers. Let's just say this. I mean, now a father's influence has many uh, factors on a child's life. There's this guy called Kyle Pruitt. He's a child psychiatrist and clinical professor of child psychiatry in the Yale School of Medicine. I don't know, but that sounds pretty important to me, right? He sounds like a guy who knows what he's talking about. And here's what he said. Like, if you've got an active, an active father, right, they're less likely to be, Kids are less likely to be criminals, right? Like, without attentive fathers, they're three times more likely to find themselves in a juvenile justice system before the age of 18 compared to their peers, right? Because... You know, whenever mums and dads both discipline in different styles, it rounds the kids up so much better. Different perspectives give a broader repertoire of problem-solving skills for kids, so they tend not to go off the rails. Here's a good one, particularly if you have kids, they're way more likely to delay having sex. All the dads must be going, amen. <laughs> I've said to my girls, you can get married. Think about getting married when you're 30, all right? But not until then, all right? And I want background checks, sample everything, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to be the guy who sits there with the gun. goes, come on in, son. <laughs> you know, like that phone-a-cab taxi driver? You know what I mean? <laughs> Drive Anyway, we joke. <laughs> Driving them around. <laughs> but they're way more likely to delay sex. Children with involved fathers are likely to stay, delay sexual activity, lowers teenage pregnancy, all sorts of stuff. If fathers are involved in a child's personal care, they feel valued, and therefore they don't need to look for that love somewhere else. They do way better in school. right? Fathers have profound effects on a child's ability as a student. They bet greater optimism, self-efficacy, better school achievement, um, immense impact from fathers on language. Uh, The strongest predictors of a child's language competency is his father's vocabulary. Isn't that incredible? You know, we could go on and on in this. When they get a job, they'll stay at it longer. They're more committed um, because they, you know, people leave jobs for lots of different reasons, but normally they can't solve problems and deal with stuff, but, you know, kids with involved fathers are better problem solvers. They be, deal better with frustration. You know, they are, you know, when, when dads rough and tumble with their kids, it helps kids to regulate emotion. I mean, you should go and read this stuff. The world goes, we need fathers in one breath, and then on the, this, on the other hand, completely undermines them to go, it doesn't really matter. It does matter today. And as the church, we've got to capture it. Because not just being a dad, but being a dad who fathers in grace. Because that's going to be something different. And so what I want you to do today is I want to I, I go, this is super important. None of what I've told you right now is in the Bible, but here's the thing, right? I've just given you something from a, from a newspaper in the States, which goes, do you know when we, when we look at what's going on in society today, we can put a lot of it, we can trace a lot of it back to fathers who are not involved. And so church, we, not just the people who have physical offspring, but every man in this room and online needs to listen to me, we have a job to do to raise a generation in grace. And that's the, that's the job that God has given us, whether with your physical children, your spiritual children, your church children, whatever it happens to be, you have a God-given role today. So let's say, does anyone know in the first time, remember Chris, rhetorical, in your head, does anyone know the first time in the Bible? Chris is my mate who answers my questions, <laughs> which is great. The first, that, the first time that fatherhood is mentioned in the Bible, the first time that God ever reveals himself as father, does anyone know? It's in Exodus chapter 4. Let me read it to you. Because it's the first passage where God presents himself. And remember, when there is a first mention of anything in the Bible, we've got to take note. Because when something's mentioned for the first time, it gives you an illustration as to why, why it's important. And so in Exodus chapter 4, 20, 22 to 23, it happens after God calls Moses and commissions him. Remember on the, the whole thing of going up the mountain, the burning bush, I'll come to it in a minute. And God commissions Moses to deliver his people from um, captivity. So after this long dialogue, Uh, 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 at the burning bush, the Lord appears to Moses in Midian and tells him to go to Egypt and do all these mad signs in front of Pharaoh. Knowing full well that Pharaoh is gonna reject Moses's request to let his people go. Now, here's what the Lord says. First time that we ever see God presented as father. God wants Moses to say to Pharaoh, and I quote, this is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son, and I told you, Let my son go, so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son. And so, let me read that again. This is what the Lord says. The first time, the whole notion of God as a father, because there's plenty of, I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Read it again. Israel is my firstborn son, and I told you, let my son go, so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I'll kill your firstborn son. So this this portrayal of God's fatherhood in the book of Exodus is in accordance with the whole theme of the Exodus. You have a father God delivering his son, Israel, his people, out of Egypt, setting him free and setting him apart. Do you get that? And there in that, you get the whole essence, the real essence of what fatherhood is all about. If you're, not, if you're not drawing the lines, let me make it really clear. When God presents himself as a father, he's saying his primary responsibility as a father, this word is to make sure that his children, his ones that he has created, come to the place that he has prepared for them. And that they find themselves in a place where they're in God's purpose for their lives. Do you get that? The role of a father is primarily that. And it looks like lots of different things, but men, if you're wondering what it's all about, your job is to make sure that your children get to the place, you have grace for this and, and mercy from God to help you. But our job is, to, is lots of things, but primarily is to go, we will be the people who stand in the gap every day so that our kids created by God get to the place that he designed for them all the time before the foundation of the world. That's why he creates fathers. That's why, men, it matters, all right, that you take this role. Because what we're gonna see is loads more of God's character and nature is revealed in that Exodus journey, where they go out of slavery, Out of captivity into the place of promise that God has designed for them. And at different times they they have different needs. And what we see is this absolute unfolding of God's character and nature as father unfolded at each bit of the children's journey. Do you get that? I'm talking about Israel being the kids. So at times, then, you know, like you see it through Moses and the prophets, you see, you see, God says. My responsibility is I'm I'm gonna take you from where you are and I'm gonna get you to the place that I always ordained you to be. And I'm gonna watch over that journey. So he's the father of the nation and he's the father of every individual in the nation. Let me just say this. Like as, you, as the journey goes on, he's their creator and he's their caretaker. He forms them and he shapes them. He disciplines them. He brings them up and he loves them. He creates them for an incredible purpose. He has an inheritance for them. He saves them. He redeems them on the way. He provides rest and guidance. He is compassionate and kind, loving and merciful, tender and caring. He longs for his children. He heals his children. He likes his kids right? And he delights in them, and he treasures his son, the people, all on the journey. Isn't it interesting that what we sometimes have been told, even under grace, and I'm going to talk about this, that that all these names of God reveal the character of God and the fatherhood of God, and we see that it's very practical, and then we see Jesus come along, and and, and I'm going to talk about Abba just at the end of this, but make no bones about it. The heart of God for always even under law was always compassion do you get that he was a father from the very beginning it wasn't like jesus revealed this bit of god that was missing it was always there he always acted in that way why so that his children the ones that's you and me the ones that he loves would always arrive in the place of promise and so it's not like jesus arrives and we all go oh my goodness Like God is loving. He was endlessly patient. I mean, it says actually in Psalm 103, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. His compassion and his mercy was always the driving force for every single one of us. Do you get that? Even under law, his heart was compassion. The Lord didn't want to put law on us. We chose it, or they chose it. Whatever you ask it, Lord, we can do it. Okay, really? That was a really stupid thing to say, wasn't it? You know, and it's like, I, I think that when I, when I look at this, there are seven things that you see in the Exodus journey. And you know in the Bible, there's, what does seven mean? Perfection, okay? So there are seven things in the Exodus journey. I don't have to, I have to skim this today, but there are seven things, seven attributes of what dads do. And they are this, you might want to write them down. Number one, they provide. Our job is, men, to work, to work hard, and to provide for our families. That shouldn't be a shock to anyone. Do you know why we get up and we work hard? It's because the Lord's already said the work of your hands is blessed. What do we model and show to our children as providers? Okay? I know that my hands are blessed and the work of my hands is blessed. I know that God has gone before me and my business and everything else to multiply and to bless towards me. But I work flipping hard when he does. Do you get that? And it's not like I'm t- the sweat of my brow, it's none of that. It's like there's opportunity that God puts in in our way, opening up doors of favor. Right? Men, it's good to work. And if you don't work, you need to ask yourself why. All right? Because not in working, what we do is we model and we show things like commitment and consistency. We show determination. We show all of that. And our kids sit and they watch. That's why I believe when we say the Lord provides for us and you see it in that journey, then we model that to our children. Faith in God, the source of it all, but our faith response is as he gives us the opportunity, we step into it and we take it and we walk and we provide. Do you get that? I mean, I, I, think, I think it's, a, it's a super important one. Dads, number two, they protect and this is an interesting one for me. It's like, I wish with my girls particularly, I could wrap them up in cotton wool so that the world never came near them. You get that? Even stuff this week that you see on the news with some of our politicians who, quite frankly, I think are disgraceful, talking about changing like religious and sex education in schools. I'm telling you, my girls won't take part in it. Why? Because my job is to protect them. Yeah. Not to have a woke agenda stuffed down their throats. Is this, too, is this too strong for you? Well, if it is, you need to wise up. But I'll tell you why. Grace is not soft. Grace protects. Jesus, as a shepherd, right, protects the flock. My job as the pastor is to say what I believe is true according to the word of God's grace. And what I'm really, really, really strong on today is that when grace, grace protects the kids. Do you know this whole agenda in the world today is, is, is after the kids? Why do grown men in dresses need to read stories to kids in our libraries? I just don't know. Anybody? Can anyone give me a good reason for that? I'm not judging it. I'm just saying no. Okay? Why? Because fathers protect. That's not being unkind. I'm not judging anyone in that position. Right? It's all for me. There's this great line in in that Jesus Revolution movie at the very start that I mentioned. That's not... And uh, do you know? Do you know? It's, it's based on the hippie movement. It's quite funny. They're all like mad, doing drugs and all that sort of stuff. And um, and so, but they're all getting saved. It's interesting. And, and uh, there's this conversation again between Lonnie, who's the the, the guy, and, and Kelsey Grammer, who's the, the old pastor whose church is dying. And um, you know, the, the pastor can't get his head round. He's going, "What's this about? Like, what? What? Why are they like this?" And it was, the, it was the line of the film for me. He says, they're all just searching for God. I was like, that's exactly what it's like today. Looking for everything in every way, right? But they're all just searching for God. Why? Because that's what's in us soul. So it's not about judging and waving the finger and going, you're bad people. It's about going, let me show you Jesus who loves you. Let me bring you to that place where all of our stuff is taken care of in a moment by the, by the hand of his grace. Do you get that? But... There is no, there should not be for men in the church any difficulty in going, I'm gonna protect my children because that's what God calls me to do. And so it's got a bit quiet in here, hasn't it? They teach, number three, they teach. I, I love it, Joshua 24, 15, one of my favorite books in the Bible. But like, what what a line for our times. Isn't it funny even with church and stuff like that post-COVID, people are like, "No, well, whatever. Right in church and mm, shop, right, and uh, it's like you know, it's like go to the Word, man. There's just so much truth for you. It's like what did dads do? Like Joshua, a picture of Jesus leading leading the people into the Promised Land, right? And the Promised Land. See the thing about the Promised Land, whenever they landed into it, it was full of challenges. It wasn't easy. You know, we have too many men today that when it gets difficult, they wimp out. And they go, I can't. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's not called to be easy. It's called to be you, you operate in grace it 's to go when you don 't feel like you're enough, you receive exactly what you need from the one who loves you. Do you get that that 's what that's what we're called for in your in your in our own natural strength we'll never do it we'll never be able to do it but I'll tell you what okay every time I go i 'm not enough, he says i 'm more than able and what's interesting here in Joshua it says but if He's talking to the people. He says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, <laughs> like, hold on, is that Joshua or is he talking to us? Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors uh, who's, who served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. You get it, man? It's like in a crazy world, you're in a, you're in a place of promise. You stand on favor ground. Remember I said that last week. The curse has been reversed. Mount Ararat, where the where the ark comes to rest, the picture of Jesus, where Jesus touches, the curse is always reversed. And that's where you stand. That's that's the ground that you stand on. But there are plenty of challenges to go along with that. You stand on, 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 on that holy ground. Wherever you put your feet, you've got the presence of Jesus with you to help you to overcome. But you will have challenges. And in the middle of it all, what do we teach our children? There's this going on, there's that going on, but as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. You get that? That's what fathers do. And remember, every time we do that, even the world goes, when fathers are active in the lives of their kids, the whole thing changes. Mm -hmm. Everything that the world is trying to pour billions upon billions of pounds and dollars into, programs about this, programs about that, uh, Ian Duncan Smith, many years ago, when he was uh, deputy, was he deputy PM or something like that? Actually, was the author of a, a report, a government report, which didn't really get much traction because he came up with the brilliant notion that actually what we need to do is we need to support families and support mums and dads and families primarily. Why? Because when we do that, all the outcomes are way better. Mm-hmm. Mad, isn't it? So here we go. They teach. I want to encourage dads, t- teach your... Teach, you know, well, the thing for me is church and all has a responsibility. It does. But your kids live with you seven days of the week. Do you get that? It's not my responsibility or this church's responsibility to spiritually feed your children. We're here to help and support you to raise your children. Can we not make sure we don't get that the wrong way around? Right? And when your kids are with you in your homes and they see what's important or how you respond to stuff, dads teach them that no matter what's going on, we bring it to the Lord, we pray, and we trust him. We teach our kids that church matters, that them being in church is important. We teach our kids to read the Bible. We teach our kids how to deal with their friends. Fathers spiritually form and shape their children, and the church comes alongside to help in that, but the church doesn't shape your, your kids, you do lord didn't say it's the church's job he said he had put us together as the church to encourage each other but they live with you seven days of the week not with me but as for me in my house we'll serve the lord they help right oh my word our ben's 19 and i kind of feel like we help him more today than when he was nine does anyone get that does anyone have any hints for getting rid of your kids at 18 put them on a postcard right he phoned us yesterday. He's 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 making some video thing, right? And so he phones. We were out yesterday doing a bit of shopping. We went. To, to, I said, to penny. All we need to do today is call in the uh, call in the garden centre, like." And we've gone totally old people right here. We'll take a wee run to Sprucefield. I said in the morning. and Penny went, "Oh, let's do that." And I said, "What age are we anyway? Do you know what I mean? We run to Sprucefield anyway." So we we'll come back and Ben phones us and goes, "Right, uh, just letting you know, you can't come into the house for the rest of the day because I'm filming." I'm going, Ben, it's a Saturday, and Sophie was wearing an overnight. She's coming back, and Hope has a friend coming around to play, and all this kind of stuff. And we're like, yeah, that's not going to work. Ah, no, 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 listen, do you know what? Ah, it's just not going to happen. So uh, you need to be quiet, and you're not allowed in. And So wh- where are we going to go, Ben? I don't know, but you're not coming home. Till t- til when? Well, until the light goes. And I went, the light goes at like half 11. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> but we thought, you know, we're going to help him. And so we tiptoed around that flipping house yesterday while he was building stuff. It's just a laugh, but we, they encourage. Dads encourage number six. And number seven, they're friends. I want to go fast here. That's the seven main attributes of what dads do. And you see it all in the journey of the Exodus, right? Providing, protecting, teaching, helping, encouraging, and being a friend. Do you think the world's crying out for that? Anybody? Yes. And that, that's just the heart of God in the old. That's, have a look at how Jesus and how he shows how grace goes further. I want to look at this, this thing called, this word Abba. Because, Father, it, and I've preached this and I believe it, but I really felt this week when I was preparing, all the names of God revealed parts of his character. And he's never inconsistent. Okay? So you see in the journey his people needed different things at different stages and he was there to be that for them. Why? He was getting them out of the mess to the place where he always wanted them to be. That's what fathers do. And so what's interesting is, you know, sometimes we go, well, then Jesus reveals Abba. And like I said at the start, it's not actually, there's something particular about that. It's not like, you know, they, the the, the whole, even even in the prophets, what you'll see is there was this underlying understanding with the people of God of this father relationship. They just could never get intimacy because of the law. They could never have it. So they knew almost like the output of father. You know, I'll protect you. I'll make sure you don't go wrong. I'll show you the way to go. But that heart connection of intimacy was never possible because sin stood in the way. And so when Jesus comes, he rolls up all of these, all of these attributes of God. And he he uses Abba's only used three times. Let me explain it to you. All, all the names of God are important. But Abba or Father is one of the most significant names of God in understanding how under grace he relates to us today. It's an Aramaic word, it means and it means dad. You know, it's common, we know this. It expresses affection and confidence and trust. It signifies closeness and intimacy. Uh, the relationship of a dad and their child, and all uh, as well, it's childlike trust of us towards him. And so whilst there are many things that dads do which are important, okay, what we want to see today in Father's Day for all of us is that in all of those things, it's not a coldness and a distance in the relationship. First and foremost, when Jesus comes through grace, he goes, let me bring you close and let's be connected on a heart intimate level, right, because I love you. And I will do all of that for you, of course, but more than just doing stuff, all right. What's it like with your, those of us with kids, right, you know with my girls, you know the bits, like you spend all day running after them, don't you? Anyone with kids? Anyone just find like, I'm just continually running after these wee halyons. Like I would love to say this morning I got up and it was like the Waltons and, you know, Father's Day, who got, who got breakfast and bread for Father's Day? Hands up if you're dad. Breakfast made for you? I'm feeling way better right now. <laughs> I see that. So what happened to me was uh, Sophie was on a sleepover on Friday night. Sleepovers are a disaster, aren't they? Those parents who keep them up to three in the morning and then hand them back to you on a Saturday, it was like a murder picture. So she got up this morning, I met her on the landing outside the bathroom. and I said, good morning, Sophie. And she walked straight past me downstairs. And I went, oh, good start. Now she, sp- she spent a few weeks <laughs> drawing me a picture. I knew, I wasn't meant to know, but I could see it in the utility room where she was painting. So she was lying on the sofa with her head down like this. I would walked the dog this morning. And uh, come in, I was like, hi, Sophie. And she just got her, pa- the thing went, threw it on the floor. And I was like, happy Father's Day. <laughs> We, madam, do you know what I mean? wee slobber and I was like, yeah, you know, it's like, oh my word. And so it's funny you have those moments. And then ten minutes before Penny leaves a bit earlier than me on a Sunday, ten minutes before she came up to the top of the house where I was printing my notes out and stuff, and she brought up the the wee painting again, right? And she sat in my knee and she gave me a big hug. She went, I'm sorry, Daddy. She gave me a kiss and said, Look at him, look at him, made you, right? Uh, it was a picture of the dog, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like psychological warfare. <laughs> For Father's Day, I got a painting of the dog, right? Don't ah uh, me, flip sake. Money or something would have been helpful. I'm money joking. But seeing that one wee moment, what's it like? You could go, and then you just go, oh my goodness. It's all forgotten in, a mo- in like a second, isn't it? Anybody? Oh, well, if you're saying no, then check your heart right now. <laughs> check your heart. It just all goes in a wee minute because there's this there's this incredible closeness, isn't there? Which is way beyond the doing. You, you don't really want them to do... You, just, you know, my kids could do a hundred things for me, but see the moment when they sit on my knee and give me a hug and they just hold on? I'm going, that's what it's about. Anybody? Yeah, see, so... What happened before was the relationship. It was always a father's heart in terms of protection and teaching and guiding, making sure they arrived where they were. But Jesus comes and he goes, actually, because I'm going to fulfill the law and I'm going to tear down that which separates you from me, all of that's already in the bag, but now you have the heart connection with the one who made you. You can know above all things that you are deeply loved. Not just cared for, not just provided for, not just looked after, you are loved, and so that's what Abba means. It's, you know, the, any time Abba is used, it's used three times. It's always followed by the word Father, so it's never on its own. Mark 14:36, Jesus addresses his Father as Abba Father in Gethsemane. Romans 8:15, Abba Father is mentioned in relation to how the Spirit's work of adoption makes us all children and heirs with Christ. Galatians 4:6, again in the context of adoption, the Spirit in our heart cries out, Abba Father. And so what happens is Jesus is doubly emphasizing the the fatherhood of God in two different languages at the same time to emphasize to you that you are under the care of the one who made you. That's what fathers do. That's why fathers matter. It's interesting. I'm just gonna finish with a couple of points. You know that that some, some people today, particularly in grace will go, well, we're all children of God. So what's the big deal? What's the big difference? Um, the Bible actually reveals quite a different truth than that. Let me just explain it, because this is where Abba is, really comes alive. We're all created by God. We're all under his authority and lordship, and we'll all be judged by him. We all have a right to be a child of God and to call him Abba Father. But only those who have received Christ, according to John 1, 12 to 13, can, can say Abba. When we're born again, John 3, 1 to 8 tells us that we're adopted into the family of God. We're redeemed from the curse of sin. And Romans 8, 17 says, then we're made heirs of God. And part of that new relationship is that God deals with you differently as family. It was a different way of dealing. He deals with you differently today because you're part of his family. And so it's life-changing then for us. He doesn't deal with you as an enemy. He doesn't, you know, it says in, in Hebrews 10, you can approach him with what? With boldness. Hebrews 10 says you can approach him with a full assurance of faith. You can come to God, right? Why? Because Romans eight sixteen says, the Holy Spirit in you testifies with your spirit that you are God's child. And if we're children, then we're heirs. And that's, that's what I want to finish on today. It's like, if, if God is your father today, then you are an heir to every promise that he ever has spoken over you. He's promised to love you, to provide for you, to protect for you, to teach you, to help you, to encourage you, and to be your friend. And what grace says today is, you know what? the, 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 The beauty of God's grace is, from the very beginning, he was all of those things. But now you have the greatest gift of all, which is heart connection, with Jesus, to know above all things that you are safe and provided for, that he loves and longs for you, that that is what his heart has always been for you. And now today, there's nothing standing in the way. That's the fatherhood of God. That's what we celebrate today. That's why grace says, come, right? You don't need to come to God for protection and safety. He's already, from the very beginning, that's what he said he would do do you get that? You know, it's like my kids don't need to come to me and say, Dad, will you feed me tomorrow? Well, Ben always says, there's no food in this house. <laughs> so if you, if you were to ask Ben that, he would have a different view on it. Like, it's ridiculous. No food. You go, going, can't keep up with you. That's half the problem. But they don't, you know, I, my, my kids for me are, are a, real, a real example, Right? particularly the girls, because I look at them, they kick off at times. They go a bit, you know, like, it's not like the Waltons. They kick off, they argue, they're snappy with me, with their mommy, with never with the dog, with their brother. They're like wee angels at times. They do it all under our roof, right? They ask for this, they want that, they... You know, they do all this stuff and they never seem to once question whether any of it's going to run out, whether we're going to, you know what I mean? They just love it. This wee safe place called home, right, where they just can be themselves, get on. And what I see at times, I love that to watch it because they're growing from where they have been to what God has planned for them. And my job is just every day to receive that grace so that I can keep my role in that to keep them safe and protected on the way but they kick and they scream and all that but never once do they seem to doubt that you know it's like oh you're a bit cheeky with your mum Ah, see how that works out tomorrow when you're starving (laughs) (laughs) so we should maybe try that actually right it's like literally 10 seconds later they're dad can i have or mummy what about and da 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 why because they just know they're loved big wide open arms every day for them that's the picture of fatherhood right You're safe in that space. Why? Because he's bringing you from where you were to where he needs you to be. That's what grace says. Amen. Close your eyes for a moment. Father, we wanna thank you this morning for your love and your grace in this place, Lord. We thank you for dads. We thank you, Father, for... The fact that this, this morning we're reminded as we look at your word that from the very beginning of it all, Lord, you have been Father. Lord, you provide for us and protect us. You teach us and help us. You encourage us. You're our friend. Lord, all of those great things are only part of the story. I thank you over every life this morning that we're reminded that we are held in the hands of the one who owns it all, the one who's above it all. Jesus, I thank you that in this place this morning, that there is grace for every heart. I thank you, Lord, that there is love for every heart. I pray, Father, for for the men in here. Lord, I pray, Father, that we would capture again what our role is. See again with clarity, Father, the role that you've given us in these days, Lord. The role that you've given us in these times, Father which is to stand and be all that we've been created to be. Father, for our families, for our kids. Father, not to rail against the world, but to show the world a better way, the way of Jesus and his love. To show the world that no matter what the issue is, that when we come to Christ, he makes all things new. Father, we thank you that this morning that there is a, there is a blessing and a favor on the way that you have ordained things, men and women together raising kids, whether in our own nuclear families, in this church. Father, that even this church would be a place where kids are raised, Lord, to know the love and the grace of God, to know their true identity as children of God, safe and secure. Father, I pray that this would be a church and we speak it over this church, that kids would grow up here first and foremost with the strongest sense of grace in their lives lord never doubting your love for them never thinking that they have to perform for you but they would be so rooted and grounded in love in your love for them that they would understand father from the earliest of age not having an inconsistent approach not having a legalistic approach but jesus that we would be men who show whether there are kids or not we would raise kids in here that know the grace of God and grow strong in the grace of God. Father, for every dad in this place, I just pray a special grace over them this morning. I just thank you, Father, that uh, even in the days where we feel like we're getting it completely wrong, we're messing up and we've got, we've, <laughs> you know, it's just a, a disaster upon disaster. I just thank you, Father, that there is grace for us all. I just thank you that in this moment, Jesus, you are encouraging every dad in this place, every man in this place, in fact, that where we feel like we're not enough, you say that you super abound in everything that we need. Father, thank you that you cover our mistakes. Thank you, Lord, that you don't hold those against us. Thank you, Father, that even when we get it wrong, you're still working in the lives of our kids. Lord, we thank you for grace for dads today. We thank you for strength for for dads today. We thank you for those dads who... Do live with regret. I just pray right now, no guilt, no shame, no condemnation. The Lord says, lift up your head, stop mourning, fill up your horn with oil, as he said to the prophet Samuel, the anointing of God, and go again, and wait do you see what the Lord will do. Amen.